Folks, welcome back to Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Jan. I'm Dylan. And I'm Mark. Absent today, Darius. Absent. Yeah, he came up with some bullshit excuse at the last minute. Oh, I have to go Ooh, to work. I have to go to work yeah, go and to make a living, work. like a little yeah. butthole. Go make a living. I got to like, support nice. my wife. Uh, uh, nice to have a job. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Lame. Uh. <laughs> uh, welcome to Trek to the Holodeck. This is uh, our... What number episode we got going on here? 10 million. Ten, uh, this is our 10 million. I feel like episode. we're somewhere around like 96 ish, maybe 100. We passed 100, didn't we? I thought did we, we passed pass 100. 100, really? We did we pass did. 100. We did uh, pass 100. I guess and we've been doing this it, for four fucking years already. So, yeah. It's not like sense. one of these things where we can uh, have a definitive number because uh, new Star Trek is coming out all the time and they're incorporating the holodeck into new episodes. Like today's. What episode did we do today? Well, first, like, you know what? We haven't done this in forever. What What is our podcast? The, this is a podcast devoted to the holodeck, the most beloved part of Star Trek that we know that every Star Trek fan loves dearly. So we're, we're, we're only watching, we say only watching, we mostly watch holodeck episodes and we rank them. We rate them and then we rank them. Yes. They're ranked. They're ranked automatically. We we are by a, a spreadsheet. We are uh, out to create the de- definitive holodeck episode ranking list, uh, which will be coming hopefully within the next five years. Fingers crossed. <laughs> sure, <laughs> the completed list. Uh, I never thought. I never thought we were going to be over a hundred episodes. No, Voyager really fucked us. I got so much. There's so much holodeck. <laughs> Well, and maybe with the sinking of the Titanic that is Paramount Studio, um, we might have an end in the future. That's true. Which would suck. Which would kind of suck. For Star Trek fans. For Star Trek fans. Because I feel like it just got, like, I feel like New Trek has just hit its stride, like, fully. Yeah. Yeah. With the the end of Discovery, which I'm sure Discovery Season 5 will rip, will be absolutely wonderful. It has to. It has to. (laughs) Uh, I believe that I, I, here's my guess. Here's my prediction. The universe will be destroyed unless <laughs> Michael is right. Whoa. <laughs> and Michael's always right. So because she's always right over yeah. under how many people cry mid like intense first episode, first episode. <laughs> over under how many people cry first episode. I think a good, I think three is a good spot for the, for the first episode. Okay. And I'll take the over. You I'll take, take the, the over. over. I'll <laughs> take the over. Was it two and a half? I guess is what you have to say, right? You say two and a half and okay. I'll take the over. You know, I gotta say discovery has settled itself into a true star Trek show because it has these bullshit things that we can uh, talk about and make fun of. How many people cry per episode? They've got their yeah. quintessential thing about the that is their game. The yeah. thing about Discovery, which made me laugh super hard, was the fourth season was the most traditional Star Trek season. Yeah. Yeah. And it was my least favorite. Really? I love season four. I love season four. Seasons, I adored it. Seasons one, two, and three, I adored. And season four was good. I enjoyed it. But it was, and it was like, let's take it back. We want to go back and get the spirit of Star Trek. And it just wasn't as good to me as the other seasons. Because Mark's not a true Star Trek fan. <laughs> yeah, that's, right yeah, that's, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. I'm here to gatekeep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, I, Mark, I love the element that you brought to this podcast, which is like you... 
you don't agree as much as the rest of us. We're I feel just a like bunch the rest of, of us assholes are- that we agree with each other. That's it. We all just I'm, agree with each other. I'm uh, here to be contrarian. That's what I'm here for. I thought you were going to say I'm here to be queer. I mean, I am also here to be queer, but because <laughs> queer is also like means like con- like different, right? Counter from the the mainstream. Weird is the original uh, the original meaning of the word queer. The LGBTQ community has co opted it. Interesting. So, how queer? That's the way British people use it. How queer? Yeah, so it's very queer. How queer? Uh, Speaking of (laughs) queer, no, actually not. Uh, (laughs) Earlier, I was trying to set up the transition into new track Picard, Mm -hmm. but we we got sidetracked. Uh, That's my fault. Uh, This week, we are doing a season three Picard episode. Called No Win Scenario. The least queer of the new series, Picard. What do you think it, is the least queer? There is a queer element, which is uh, Seven of Nine and Michelle Hurd's character, but Rafi. Uh, Rafi is not in this episode at all. So, no, she's yes, not. it's Rafilus. Oh yeah, it's a very it's it's not quite a bottle episode, obviously, because there's a lot of, but it has a feel of a bottle episode, if that makes any sense. A little bit, yeah. It's pared down. Um, let's do some credits for this baby then. Should we do our intro first? Jesus, fuck! I forget about the we intro do. All uh, the time. Uh, we've been known to do the credits on the front end of Whoa. the of the uh, intro and on the back end of the intro. It, yeah, it's. I guess it's not consistent. Let's just do the credits then. Okay, sure. let's do it, Dylan. I don't have the credits. Directed oh, by... Oh, you just wanted to do them. Yeah, okay. I was just, I was just <laughs> moving it in. I don't have the credits in front of me. It's a two takes frakes. <laughs> Directed by the original number one, Johnny Frakes. He's Written by real. Terry Metalis and Sean Tretta. Terry Metalis being the showrunner. Yeah. Since season two. Uh, those are the, the primary ones. The music was by Stephen Barton. Thank you, Steve. Bart... Bart Stevens, Steve, Steve, Stevie Bart, Bart, Steve, Bart, Steve, Stephen Barton does sound like an old jazz musician. Stephen Barton, uh, you know, like Roy Donk, like Stephen Bart Barton, Roy Donk. <laughs> I think I have a uh, friend named Steve Barton. Uh, Frederick Weedman was also a composer on this show, but I'm not sure if he's credited for this episode. Mm. So I'm just going to go ahead and say both. Interesting. This composer's done a lot of video games. Yeah, I think it's becoming a little bit more common. Interesting. Uh, yeah. He also did Jennifer's Body, which rips. JB. Video games. Interesting. You know, video game music is its own entire thing. Too. Like, you have to create these loops and transition. Like, the music has to transition very easily into like, different score bits. It's like, oh, now you're entering combat. And it has to, like, do yeah. this beautiful dovetailing thing. Like, I think you can tell when it's not good because yep. it feels very jarring. But when it's really good, you're like, this is, wow, how did you do that? Uh, it's very. Oh, he also was on, fuck, he did Man on Fire and Shrek 2. Really? One of my favorites, Shrek 2. Yes. He did Shrek 2, but he didn't do the original Shrek. Well, he did additional music for it. Harry Gregson Williams was the main guy. Okay, so sure. he's a he's an HGW protege, which huh. makes him in he he comes from the Hans Zimmer coaching tree in that oh, case. The Hans Zimmer Collective. 
The collective. He, yes. he somehow collective. got out of the Hans Zimmer collective is what you're telling me. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you have to break off and do uh video game music to like reboot to get then, out. I guess. You know Can how I, that works, right, Mark? How what works? The Hans Zimmer collective. Like cult? Yeah. I want to call it a cult. I'm gonna say it's a cult. The thing is, like, some good stuff has come out of it, but it is pretty, I don't know, I don't want to say exploitative, but exploitative. It feels exploitative. <laughs> Basically, Hans Zimmer, whenever he, his name is credited with doing music, it's basically him and a bunch of composers in a room that he kind of just ha- hires, has? I don't really know oh, how to like describe Lord it. Oh, he's like Lorne Michaels. Um... It's more like Da Vinci, and I, I know comparing a, a man to Da Vinci is a lot, <laughs> but like, you know, all those Renaissance artists, they had, you know, hundreds of protégés who would just like, right. it's like, I want a Mona Lisa. And oh. so a hundred people do a Mona Lisa, and he's like, this one it will be the template for what he's I like. He's like Thomas making. Edison. You know how Thomas Edison, Edison was outright a thief. Though. Edison had like stuff. had like a thousand patents, and everyone's like, "He's the greatest inventor of all time." He's like, "No, he just patented a bunch of other people's shit." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit more. I I do think Edison was more of a piece because Hans Zimmer. It's like you work for me, and I pay you, and part of sure, the deal sure, sure. is I get the credit. I get the credits, <laughs> and but also you have the opportunity to like the people, the composers, composers there have access to all the facilities, this equipment, also so, the sort of mind share of working with all these other people. That's why I feel like people. it's more like Lorne Michaels. Lorne Michaels slaps his name on everything. This, well, that's part of the contract with Lorne too, right? I when think, you're on SNL, I think I think what it truly is is a. What are those those tech houses in Silicon Valley where some fuck ass owns a house? And incubators. Then, incubators. It's an incubator. Yes. That's Ooh, what it that, feels that's like. like. It's an, a music like incubator. It's a I like music that. incubator. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me think of Here's like Alien. <laughs> I wouldn't. I think it would be an interesting thing to do. We've gotten so far. We're off so off track. track. Fault. Uh, <laughs> At least we're not talking about LA. <laughs> We're talking- Not directly. <laughs> <laughs> he is German, Hans. <laughs> so uh, to to do something like that with film, where it is a collect, like it's like you know what, we're just a company that makes move in a way like a theater would, a theater company. and like a theater company, but for film. You know, it's like okay, we have a, a bunch of cinematographers and a bunch of editors and a bunch of screenwriters and stuff like that, and everybody like you just make stuff. You, what and, you're but describing one right person- now is the whole the old Hollywood system. The old I think we should go like the old studios, Hollywood <laughs> studios. <laughs> the exploitative <laughs> studio system. Yep, yeah. I think that's it. All right, so uh, that being said, <laughs> turn off life support, uh, sensors, uh, any sort of additional systems in your home, and reroute that power to your main thrusters, because we're about to go on a trek to, to the, the holiday. I believe these simulations to be this real. Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. 
That's good. That's thematically connected to this episode. Sure. Hide your buckets. <laughs> Hide your buckets. <laughs> yes. So is that that's the exact same? That's the Odo bucket. That's right? what I said. I said they couldn't get a different themed bucket. They had to use Odo's bucket for the. <laughs> well, do you I think mean, it's like all, all changelings use yeah. the same bucket? <laughs> they might be all just issued standard changeling buckets. That was a Bajoran. Odo used Bajoran bucket though. Really? Oh, that's yeah, it's just weird. in like Odo. You know how like you have like a search history and I'm, I'm just saying Odo, you know, whenever he needed a bucket, he replicated. He's like, this is the kind of bucket that I like to use. And he just like typed in, he like added some metadata to it. Uh, like Odo changeling bucket or changeling bucket or whatever goo bucket. <laughs> and so the changeling, when it got on board, it's like, I fucking need, I need a bucket. I need a bucket. And he just <laughs> like Googled bad. it, you know, like yeah. check the, the, I mean, the system. It's like the it changeling might be just like a big Odo fan. Like, yeah, the changeling Odo was rips. evil. Odo is the opposite of what any evil changeling would but like. But there was some. What there's some evil about? changelings who Odo's love Odo. The opposite. Yeah, he's cool. The founder lady. Yeah, the founder lady. The female changeling. Odo. Yeah, Mark, I sent you that text earlier this week. We we don't shit on Odo enough for how much of a traitor I, he is. I <laughs> literally told you in that text how much I think Odo is a, a traitor to the Federation and a traitor. Like I think they just overlook it because they like Odo and we love Renee Bergenois. Wait, but, but he just wanted to go home, right? No, but Odo does a lot of shady shit. Like in what? Deep Space Nine and before Deep Space Nine. He's, he joins with the founder lady when, when they're occupying the Deep Space Nine. Which Ram, gives, um, yeah. Ram almost gets killed because of Odo. Fair enough. Um, he's a collaborator during the whole occupation. Like Fair He's enough. not a good dude. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I think it's more complicated than that because it's his home. Imagine you don't know where you're from and then somebody's like, hey, I am your planet. That's complicated. I don't. I agree with you. I don't disagree that it's complicated. I just think it means that he's not as selfless and golden boy yes, as I would Mark. Agree. Like Mark was just like he's the opposite of evil from the founders. I'm like I don't think you can make an argument that he rises above where he came from. I don't. But think I, I would. I, I don't think he's the opposite of evil from the founders. I don't think the evil changelings would glorify Odo. Is what I'm saying. Well, they were all, I mean, how spoilery should we be with this? It's been a year. Yeah. So we know off. what happens the whole yes. season. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and give a, a general warning right now. If you want to watch all of Picard season three, because you haven't yet, uh, do not listen to this podcast episode because we are going to reference things that happen after this. After this episode. Yeah. The so, change. And, and, yeah. 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 So from here on out, spoiler alert for the rest of the season. Thanks for listening. For those of you who are, we listening. love you. We we won't be Check doing Picard. Discord. Yeah, we won't be doing Picard next week. Computer voice was provided by. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Uh, so so basically, the changelings are a red herring villain for this season. They're sub bosses. Right. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're contract for, killers. Da, 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 the Borg are back. The Borg. The Borg again. The Borg. The Borg. After at the end of every season, it's like, are the bad guys going to be the Borg? Yes, the bad guys are the Borg again. We can't so. stop with the Borg; they're just so cool. 
and 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 um, Patrick Stewart says, "I'd be down to do a movie. I wonder who the villain's going to be. It's going to be the Borg. We know." Is he going to do a movie? It should be. It should be Shinzon. It should bring Tom Hardy back. Yeah, it should be a. Jacked. It should be a third clone. That's like a jacked. Imagine yeah. how Patrick wild Stewart. that would be. Oh like my it's, god! It's a third Romulan clone. Uh, who's cool? I don't know. <laughs> he would be so weird, man. He would yeah. dive into that. He would somehow be wearing a mask. Yeah, he's like Bane. contractually obligated. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, that would be that would rule. He, Tom Hardy, will never ever be in anything Star Trek yeah. again because it Nemesis bombed him. so hard yeah. that it, yeah, he he yeah. got literally addicted to meth and tried to kill himself. <laughs> And I don't know why I'm laughing at some, you know, like obviously taking your own life is super serious. But that just goes to show how traumatizing Nemesis was as an experience. And yeah. how cruel <laughs> Trek fans can be. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolute maniacs. Um, okay. No one scenario. You two said that this episode was depressing and dark. Is that correct? I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't say it was depressing. I said it was a bit of a snooze for the first half. The second half rips. So a feeling I have about this regarding the snooze is we often talk about how we feel like New Trek should just kind of take it easy a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like this was what this episode was. It's just like let's just let these people contemplate life in rooms. Because of the budget. I agree. I, I think there are some sequences that I'm interested in what people are talking about. And there's some sequences where I'm like, I don't care. Uh, What's happening? I, I think, yes, they should take it easy. The Everyone's life was still under threat the entire episode. And that was hanging over everyone's head the entire time was, we're all going to die. Yeah. Which is why you can't really take it easy when the the threat of everyone dying and it wasn't even like are we all gonna die no it was we're fucked that was literally how the episode started with the recap was yeah. was um, I didn't watch the recap what I didn't watch the recap well the okay. recap was just on the front of the thing was the last line of the recap was um, Riker turning to all, Picard right? what you've killed us all yeah was Riker turning to Picard and saying you've killed us all. That was how that was how the the how the the episode was set up because it was Vatic had the, the yeah yeah no we know yeah yeah so Vatic yeah. threw the ship at the Stargazer. It I'm just saying for anybody who may not have watched it. Um, sure. Well, hopefully at this point point those people are not listening to the podcast. We've we've shooed them away. Right. I, I, I'm saying if they skipped the recap, um, the portal machine. So I explicitly when we do these new Trekkie episodes. I make sure to skip the recap because I'm very, I'm always curious to see if the episode just works mm, without that. Sure. Interesting. And uh, I thought, I thought that, I think you're right. Like the end of the last episode tonally feels super different. I remember feeling this way too on my first watch because it's like Riker's so pissed at Picard. He's like just mean to him. He's a fucking and, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And then in this one, it's tonally very different. And I wonder if part of that is because Frakes directs this one. He's like, Riker's not that much of an asshole. You know? right. Like I'm going to be a little bit different. Like he'll be disappointed. Um, and, but I do like, it is very, it feels very untrek for, for Riker and everybody else to just be like, I guess 
I guess we're just all going to die. Like we've never really seen that in a Star Trek episode where they just feel like we really can't do it. They kind of just give up basically. Yeah. Which yeah. is very interesting. It was only the men I've noticed in this episode who are really just like, I give up because mm-hmm. Crusher and seven, the whole episode are like, well, I'm going to fucking figure this out. Like right. <laughs> Crusher's like, I'm going to do my job, which is do some science. Okay. There's something, there's a pattern to this. Mm-hmm. Seven's like, well, I'm going to find this fucking changeling. You know, like if we die, I'm going to have done my job. Mm-hmm. And Riker's like, uh, talk to your son and I'm just going to I'm gonna go fuck off somewhere and fuck <laughs> off and try to write a letter to my wife. <laughs> yeah. Shaw is pouting in his room, but I think that's part of what this episode is, is like uh, there are times in life where you kind of just like, it's like, I don't know. There's no, there's no win here, mm-hmm. but it's not about necessarily winning, right? Like this from the TNG episode where Picard's like, you can do everything right and still fail. That's not fail. That's not, Failure, that's just life. And I feel like they all have to rediscover that. Like this, oh, I can, it's still worth trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go yeah. down swinging. I'd agree with that sentiment, especially for this episode. Um, How's that microphone, Mark? Poking yourself in the face with it. It's, I'm using it like a baton. Um, <laughs> it's like a pointer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the reason I do watch the recaps is because the the store the stories for these um, these seasons they're so narratively drawn together, they're so narratively tied together, and yeah. there is such an arc and a story from episode to episode um, that. What's going on is contextualized, like the fact that there was a change. I forgot that there was a changeling infiltrator on board um, until they started talking about it. Um, so yeah, I understand. I'm not saying you're wrong for watching the no, recaps, no, no. by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I'm, I'm always curious to see like, could it work without the recap? Because sure. if it did, that would be really impressive because I, I think that is a problem with serialized mm-hmm. storytelling often. So, it's just like, there's just so many threads. I agree with you. Uh, for example, not having watched a recap. When Seven just like her first appearance in the episode is she just a door opens and she has a phaser in her hand and I'm like I have no idea, no what idea what's going doing. on right yeah, yeah. I don't that's, I, like, so what that's is the she question doing? did it work yeah. by itself that that specific thread does not work by itself I, would, I think the rest of it does I think you know okay so it's very clearly established like the ship is sinking and everybody is going to die and you don't need to that's know exactly clear. what is happening either You're just like, yeah hey, they're in a shitty position. Whatever. Yeah. They're, they're and thematically. What's the most important thing about this episode? Yeah. Learning how to navigate a, a no win scenario and also like trauma, just generally trauma. Sure. I think is a big part of yeah. this. Yeah. Generally, uh, it would be nice if they, and I'm sure they try to do this obviously, but set up not to rely on the previous episode so much to lead seven into this this storyline this this uh infiltrator it would be nice even if it was redundant to add a scene in there that leads her to that room so that it just feels a little more cohesive as like a single episode but that's yeah i I agree because i i I don't even know like having watched this here i don't even remember what like how she started her action of looking for this changeling like clearly it started in the last episode Feels like it should just have been in this episode. I think she punched yeah. someone in the face and their face shifted. 
And that's how she realized there was a changeling on board. Cool. Gotcha. I think that if I can remember, even just from the recap, it was sure. so fast. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was the reveal that they're changelings, right? In the last episode. That was, like, yes. We didn't even know they were changelings until nope. the last episode. And then there was more reveal in this one with Vatic, which we can talk about when we do the runabout. Which we should do. Which yeah. we should do. All right. Let me pull that up. Felt like I was missing something. Yep. All right. So you got your timer set it set up? Me? <laughs> no, don't worry. I'll do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got a timer. You want me to do it? I'll do it. I can I got, do it on my phone. I, got, I don't know. I, I, I got a timer. Is it I'll the good. Google timer? Is it back? I, the Google's timer is back, baby. Google's times. <laughs> uh, I'll start it off, I guess. Do it. No, let me want. I'm going to end it. I'm okay. End it. Okay. Mark's going to start it. All right. Dylan's is going to middle it. Oh, no. And I'll end it. <laughs> okay. Like an Eiffel Tower. All right, let's go. <laughs> so uh we are on the uh the titan is slowly sinking into uh this weird nebula thing um and seven of nine is hunting down a changeling and uh shaw is like in his room he's hurt his leg is broken and he's like you got to be able to find um you got to be able to scan the ship to find it and maybe check for his bucket <laughs> Um, and she's like, whoa, the bucket. So she goes in there and she finds the bucket. And she's like, oh, I got to go check this thing. Meanwhile, we like flashback to Picard. And he's like talking to these young folks about something that happened in the past. And that's like thematically tied into the episode. Uh, but then we go back and Picard. Uh, Picard is talking to Crusher in Ten Ford, which is actually the holodeck. Uh, so it's like an echo of the scene in the past with the kids, <laughs> and everybody's like dumping their trauma. This is the most time Picard spent with Jack. Anyways, it uh, turns out the nebula they're sinking into is actually like a fetus or something like that. It gives birth, and they get out of there. They Same throw a rock at the Vatic ship. Oh my oh, god! Bangs. It was um, a long ass episode. Also, these episodes are hard to recap because there's so many fucking storylines going on and they're cutting in between them all the time. And it's it's really hard to linearly recap the episode. Like I feel like I need to yeah. separate all the A B C storylines and recap those individually. Yeah. yeah. So one of us should have done uh Sean and yeah. Seven. One of us should have done um Picard and Jack and one of us should have done everything else. Yeah. Crusher and yeah. the and the space babies. Um Crusher and the space babies. So you said something at the end there, Jan. Uh they throw a rock at the the ship. I need to just voice a frustration uh with Please. two lines. Truly two lines that made me want to die. Uh yeah. and it was Beverly Crusher saying did you just throw an asteroid at that thing? And he said, damn right I did. Uh, I can't stand this type of writing in pop culture. In just, it's very marvel isn't it? It kills me. And I wanted to stab myself in the arm when I... Do they, in the recap, Mark, do they echo the line from the last episode did where it's like, did they just throw ship? a ship at us? No, <sighs> but I think you're supposed to remember that. It's definitely a well, callback. Oh, for sure you're supposed to, to remember yeah, it. Yeah. But I was curious if they kept that in a recap just so it, the line would hit harder no. in this episode. I'm no. absolutely so tired of people just saying what happens in a... He's Question. standing right behind me, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one will always work. I'm sorry. That one will always work. 
It should have been like, uh, there's a changeling on board. He's standing He's right standing behind, right me, behind isn't me, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so they updated what it looks like when the changeling like goops. For for a plot reason. Really? What's Why? the plot reason? Uh, so it's it's revealed in a later episode. I forget. These are Oh, they're sick, right? No. I mean they might be sick. They like updated. I think yes, there's a sickness because of what they've like section thirty one modified these changelings to be more human like. Oh god. Right. So like they actually have organs and guts and blood and stuff like sure. that. So when they goop, it's like painful for them. Gotcha. And also it looks like raw meat. Yeah, they look like salami, like perfectly gross. All thanks <laughs> to the good old CIA. The, the, sorry, the space section CIA. 31. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that they don't look like uh, 90s uh, gelatin anymore. They T1000 like, ripoffs. Yeah. I'm bummed. Yeah. I'm truly bummed. I miss it. Don't don't get me wrong. I do miss it. I mean, but. I think the the implicate. I mean, like if we ever see were to see an Odo type, obviously Renee Bergenois has passed away. Mm-hmm. But if we were to see a changeling of that sort again, I think we do actually see one of that sort in Discovery season four. They 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 goop. They 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 turn into puddles. They old old fashioned puddle. Old fashioned puddles. <laughs> I don't remember that from Discovery. Season four, it's the episode where they go to the pirate moon or whatever. Michael and um Oh gosh, her name is O O Fuck fuck fuck. Olakusum? Ah, uh, I'm I'm getting it wrong. I know you're I talking apologize. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They go to that place and uh, they're 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 trying to buy a a MacGuffin so that it can go to a different part of space. Sure, that's like one of the first episodes, isn't it? Like the fourth or fifth yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, I think. okay, yeah, I yeah. Sure. Yeah, there is a changeling. I do remember. There's that. a changeling in that. Yeah, they have to like track it down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Olakus. Oh gosh, I, I <laughs> my goal for season five is to be able to remember the name of this lieutenant. Uh yeah, the Girl. Discovery Changeling Changeling looks Yeah, they did a pretty good job. I'm looking at them right now and they look like kind of like Odo. More Odo-y. Yeah, I I fuck with them. Yeah. Makes dope. up for their Klingons. Truly. Well. <laughs> Truly. I like how even in in Strange New Worlds you're like this is this is how a Klingon looks like. Just they look like this. They look like TNG Klingons. This is what they look just, like. Just so we they, all they look know. like this. I mean, it's a long-standing tradition to change the design of Klingons. It true. is. It's a. It's a it's very true. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So indeed, this this episode to me, I I kind of agree with Dylan. The first half. To me, Crusher, Crusher figured out the that they were like the pulses were timed. She figured it out really, really early, and nobody really listened to her. Like I didn't really understand because she was like, uh, like probably like fifteen minutes into the episode, she started counting down, and the pulses were hitting, and it was like she was like, I figured it out. They're the pulses are da, 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 and and everyone was like, "Oh man, we we keep hitting these asteroids." And it's like, "No, these are pulses. Like you have the doctor, she's counting them down every single time." Um, I don't and, think those are contradictory. 
She doesn't. She hasn't formed a, a hypothesis yet. I thought she was because they, because the ship kept like the the lights kept going up on the ship and nobody was nobody was paying any attention to that except for her. She was again. She was gathering data, so I don't think that she's. She doesn't know the solution until the end. She hasn't figured it out, like what's going on exactly. She knows that something is going on and she's gathering data on it. But nobody's like, you're wrong, Beverly. There's nothing we can do. They're like, okay, thanks for that information. Then we know that when these contract these pulses happen, we need to turn off our shields. You really think that people were like ignoring her? I think people were not acknowledging her, not acknowledging her. Yes. That's what it felt like. I don't know. That's really interesting to me. I think it, I was just getting the feeling that she was like, she's observing and she's trying to figure it out. Right. And I feel like the fact that she had been counting down, like she was like, Oh, I can, I can predict when these pulses are. Nobody was acknowledging that the whole time. Yeah, uh-huh. they were, weren't they? Cause they were counting. They were like, all right, it's going to happen. And they like kind of brace for it. Or am I, Maybe I don't. I'm just not remembering correctly. I th- I, think I mean, she's in sick bay, so there's like just people who are sick and people who are helping the sick and injured I think, there. So like, besides Jack, who even then le- fucks off and goes to Ten Ford, who's who is there to listen? I think or to to help with that. I think what you're picking up on, Mark, is they do kind of sideline her narratively, even yes. though she is like yeah, maybe that vitally was important to the the the. Uh, solution. I think narratively, she's kind of just like stuck in this room, and we just kind of go back to her every now and then. And the like meat of the episode is about Picard and his son. Maybe you know, that's like, what it was. Maybe it was yeah. just like if I was writing this, I would have her on the bridge, being like, "I can predict when these pulses happen." Like she wouldn't just be chilling out in sick bay, being like three, two, one, watching it happen every twenty minutes or whatever. She'd be like. Like, a bit more active in the the whole right, yeah. Well, that's her office. I don't know. I, I mean, it's not her her ship, obviously, but I don't know. I I feel I I can I understand why from maybe if we were making an action movie and all the all the stuff needed to be happening super super fast and like solution oriented and like okay yeah you want to create that sense of urgency it all has to happen on the bridge i understand i I can kind of get that but i don't see why she has to be on the bridge especially when nobody else plot wise is on the bridge or or just with the the potential problem solvers when again the what's hanging over all of them is they think they're going to die that's the other thing is you have like like you said all the men on the ship have given up Right. So you do have the women who are trying to solve the problems. So she's one of the problem solvers and she's right. not with the other problem solvers on the ship when everyone is like, we are all fucked. And so maybe, it, yeah. maybe yeah. that is what she, maybe that is what she's doing. And so she's in her safe space, which is sick bay and on every ship, her safe space is sick bay. So maybe that is what she's doing. But yeah, it just felt weird to me that she's like not communicating this information that could potentially lead to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. She's just kind of keeping it to herself. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it, she was, it was a, um, she was still 
formulating hypothesis for stuff. Right. So it's not like a TNG episode where. where it's like, all right, let's all have a meeting. What do we all know? Right. Nobody's you know, meeting like, in the ready room. Oh, so right. Man. There's not a there's not a scene like that. <laughs> right. Uh, which I think is actually a deliberate choice of the show. Like they were saving the ready room for when, when the team they were all is together. all together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of the overarching theme of the show is like this group needs to learn to work together. Even this episode, by the end of the episode, right, uh, Picard's like, we need to do this together. Yeah. Because that's what we do. Yeah. We shouldn't. And he has to learn that like, let's not just f- sit around and wallow in the, in in uh, the holodeck, mm-hmm. like he realized, like when when Shaw, I know this is holodeck content, is goes pretty far. Goes hard. He realized, like, yeah, okay, this is actually not the place that I should be emotionally. I should <laughs> right. be, I should be on the place in in a in a in a form of action. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I hear you. I hear. I, I understand why. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people watching this or like, especially women being like, huh, it's only the ladies who are doing anything. And I think that is a deliberate choice of this episode. Uh, just to have these people, they're, they're working problems. They're working on solutions. Well, and, and really it takes the women kind of being a defibrillator to, to, to the men to like get them yeah. to nut up and do stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Yep. Which so is when you get, <laughs> when you get Shaw working on the nacelles and you get, <laughs> you get Riker back in the captain's chair, like, okay, let's <laughs> let's let's give let's this a shot. Throw yeah. an asteroid at somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I also like that we do I guess this is more holodeck E, but we do actually get a, a a spotlight of why the holodeck is able to operate without the ship's power. Love that, that a little bit about yes. on on our yeah. podcast, and it is now further cemented in canon. In the canon, <laughs> as mm-hmm. a like, I think it was one time in in Voyager. Uh, I think maybe during the Macrovirus episode, they had mm-hmm. to explain why the holodex was still functional despite yeah, all the so. other systems in the ship. So then it, now it's like even more can- and also more logical. Like, why would it have its own reactor? So that it's like a lifeboat, basically. Yeah. Well, so that and if, our mind. Well, that and if your systems are failing, you don't want the uh, holodeck uh, safeties to fail every single time, which yeah. they do, but still. But still. <laughs> <laughs> still, you want to have a reason in place why they shouldn't anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I'm really bummed he, that Shad, I mean, spoiler, but I'm, I was always bummed that Shad dies uh, near the end of this season because... Their relationship that they develop, him and Seven, could have been so gr- just great for future whatevers that they that they do. I agree, and, and if his, I, I I just kept thinking in this episode, like they set up his death really well, like yeah. it was almost inevitable yeah. from this episode. I think we talked about it last year when we were talking, watching the show. We're like, yep. he's going to die. I yep. I like I it's said over. on the podcast, like <laughs> this is how it's going to happen. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna give uh, command of the ship to Seven. And then uh, but watching this episode, I thought even more like, God, why didn't they have a moment where he gets to be like the lieutenant and yeah. is like, you guys get off this ship, I'm staying. Right. Seven, you have the you know command or whatever like that, because then it's like he gets to he understands what it's like to be on the other side of of that of mm-hmm. being the commanding officer making that sacrifice. Yeah, and instead his death is sort of just like uh, he died in a laser fight. 
That's that's what that's it, it ended up being. <laughs> just like yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. You like you know it's going to happen. It was kind of a letdown the way it happened for me. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Apparently, this a little bit of trivia. This Argelius system uh, that Picard is talking about that he, he and Jack Crusher were visiting his mm-hmm. the OG Jack Crusher mm-hmm. is a reference to Argelius two, which in in the original series uh, was known to have. Uh, very attractive women. So I guess the entire Argelius system is uh, full just, of baddies. Hot, Wasn't that the whole point? Planet? Weren't they there to get laid? Isn't that Yes, the... that's what I'm saying. Like oh. they say Argelius 4, but in Argelius 2 in the original series also has like <laughs> hot ladies. So it's just like when you're horny, you go to the Argelius system. <laughs> uh, a thing that I really liked about this episode uh, as a sort of like, it actually has a few undiscovered country hints, the movie Undiscovered mm, Country. Okay. Uh, so for one thing, Amanda Plummer, who plays Vatic, is Christopher Plummer's daughter, uh, who was the bad guy in Star Trek. That makes so ep- much sense. Six. Yeah. So there's this scene, there's this moment in this episode where she's just spinning around in her chair, and I'm like, <laughs> that's just that's what Christopher Plummer does in an undiscovered country. He's just spinning around in his <laughs> like chair, going, maniac. "Cry havoc!" Spouting <laughs> verse. I love it. She's so yeah. good. Yeah, so she basically does the same thing as her dad, which you know Terry Metalis wrote into it. That's <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is like setting a trap for the infiltrator. That's mm-hmm. something they do in Star Trek Six as well, where they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we have to con- like have them f- try to find us to kill us so that uh, we can re- we can find them. So they yeah. do that in, in Star Trek Six as well. I, f- I forget. Do they ever explain what Vatic's like the clicky aliens, who the clicky aliens are? They're changelings crew. They're all changelings. They just talk. Why they click. Why they talk. I was like thinking about that. Yeah, Zindi uh, insectoids. Insectoids. My guess. It, here's my stupid headcanon guess for why. Uh, because it's painful to assume a completely humanoid form. That it may be easier for them to be in this sort of semi-solid form in a in a suit thing, mm-hmm. and make and communicating through the clicks might just be a way for them to continue to communicate. That that's sense. that's my headcanon because it's sure. never really well explained. So those are changelings. They're not just they some random all changelings. Okay, yeah. I I always thought that they were just like. Um, Kind of like Jem Hadar homies. I didn't think they were Jem Hadars, but I thought that they were straight up just like, eh, we just picked up some fucking guys and they're flying yeah. a ship. <laughs> we hired them, you know. Yeah. Well, because we know that these are not, these are not uh, changelings that are allied with the Dominion because the Dominion is at peace with the Federation at this point. Oh, so they're the, the chill. Odo, the Odominion. The Odominion. Yeah. <laughs> The Ode yeah, Dominion. Odo, Odo is technically, I think, in canon, he's the head of the Dominion at this point, and they're like at peace with the Federation. And he changed um, it to the Ode Dominion. The Ode Dominion. Dominion. <laughs> That's canon now. That's canon. <laughs> Ode Dominion. He's the one who sends a message to, was it Rafi? Or no, to Worf, right? He's like, hey, dear Worf, there's this bad changelings. Love this Odo. Is <laughs> Love Odo. Uh, if they were, uh, this is, if they were to ever do like uh, bring back Odo in CGI form, I think this is the only time I'd be okay with it because he's a changeling and because and they, they already like, look weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could put his son is an actor. Yeah. Remy, right? Isn't yeah. It Remy? They could just do the Odo makeup on his son. 
Yeah, because they look pretty similar. He looks just like his dad. He looks, he really does just look like his dad. Yeah. Uh, they they were both on The Good Wife in different contexts. They were both on The Good Wife. And I really? love seeing him on The Good Wife. It's so good. Uh, wait, his name is Remy. Uh, yeah, his, Remy his, Luke. His, his name dad, is Remy Luke. Like his dad's Jean-Luc. name is Rene, and his name is Remy. Oh, my God. That's pretty wild. He was named Remy Luke before Star Trek came out. So yep. uh, TNG came out. So. Dude, he does look pretty much like him. I mean, wow. Aubergineois is a super French name, very but like French. Remy Luke is even more. I mean, Rene is is very French as well. He got the nose. He got the nose. Yeah, and I like this whole area basically yep. is is his dad. He's very his dad. Yeah. Wow. Uh, R.I.P. Apparently, Rene was an absolute sweetheart. So. Uh, um, should we hit the archives? You guys have anything? Let's else? hit the archives. Yeah, we've done a good good amount of. Well, chat. real quick, I did want to talk about the ten forward scenes not in the archives. Um, uh-huh. Uh, just real quick, Jean Luc mm-hmm. talking about all his stories over his fish. Um, so what was his responsibility to Jack here? So he didn't know that that Jack existed. Uh-huh. Yes. And Jack goes, did you ever want to have a family without outside of Starfleet? And and John Luke goes, Starfleet's the only family I ever need, baby. And Jack goes, fuck you, then I'm never going to talk to you ever again. Yeah. Like, what? He didn't know he existed. Like, how, how are you going to blame him for that? He's a young he was kid, like 18 though. years old. Yeah, young kids are fucking maniacs, dude. They, they <laughs> have absolutely... I mean, they, I don't know. He hasn't lived a lot of life. So like, if, if like, if you found out like that you had a son and he, like, if you didn't know you had a son and you're like, uh, sir, do you, uh, if you had a son, would you be happy? And you'd be like, oh man, that would ruin my life. And yeah, like, he didn't say that. <laughs> I know, but like. He, he said, would... did you feel like you ever need, wish you had a family? And Picard's like. I ended up having a family with my work friends. He was also super juiced up on on Starfleet after that whole little yeah. uh, little uh, lecture that he gave. Yeah, he's he basically like juiced. a propaganda poster yeah. at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. Like, you know what, kids? It's okay to not have families. Because <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you get to do but, this. <laughs> but at the end of the episode, they did add like a moment after he says that. And you see this expression on... Picard's face after he says that sort of like, well, that was a load of bullshit. I kind of do wish I had a family. Like you did, see that. Like it's, Did it's, he it's, remember Jack asking that question? Is that what is supposed to be implied that he remembered? I think in that moment, Picard is recollecting that moment. Five years ago. I mean, I have a memory disorder, so I don't remember what happened last week, but still. Yeah. I, under, I understand. Uh, I think that because that, it was in the same location. Man, he's like 120. And- <laughs> He's got a positronic brain. Uh, That's true. <laughs> because he can because, recall everything. <laughs> because it's occurring. Okay, the event, the the conversations with Jack and everything are taking place in Ten Forward, and thematically, they I mean, he literally tells the same story, right? He talks about the same story to Jack, mm-hmm. and I think that it's one of those things where his memory is primed to actually make that connection. Have you ever had that? You know, it's like, wait, this feels familiar. Did we talk about this at this place or whatever? That's probably what. Yeah, that makes sense. Or thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, for sure, Jack is having that experience. 
Yeah. He very much remembers that. <laughs> that moment. I, uh, remember yeah. when my dad told me he didn't want me? He didn't yeah, want a family. <laughs> he lit- again, he did not say that. That's what Jack obviously felt, though. The Which subtext. I, that's fine. Yawn. <laughs> I know. Uh, those weren't the exact words he used. Okay. Well, Picard didn't say like, "And if you were my son, you're one of I those. Wouldn't need you're you. one of those fans at the Trek cons that are like, in episode two forty one. Uh, did you when you said this at the <laughs> like? Okay, clearly that's what he got from it was that he didn't need a family. He didn't want a family. I I don't think he he expresses that he doesn't want a family. Because he literally says, "I have a family." That means that he you, says like, he says the Starfleet is the only family I ever needed, which means I don't need another family. Because he in Picard's life at that point, he knows he has zero family. He doesn't know that he has the potential. And what is a family? It's people who are together, who are. It's not just off, having offspring. I know True. what a family is. <laughs> But ironically, he's sitting alone. He is. Because he's sitting alone. And he, I mean, in Guinan's bar. In Guinan's bar, though. Yeah. yeah. His BFFs. He's in his BFFs house. It'd be Fair like enough. it'd be like me going over to your house, Dylan, and being like, "I, I, the only family I ever needed was was my was Starfleet," and then me being like, "Hey, Dylan, can you bring me a sandwich?" <laughs> like, but imagine my house is a for-profit establishment that I have <laughs> to serve you, even though I'm your friend. <laughs> I don't think there's any irony. Like it is an explicit choice to have Picard be alone at that bar uh, and talking this shit and his son, his unknowing son being there asking about it. And also at the end of it, you see again on his face that he maybe doesn't believe the thing that he just said. And he might be saying it because he straight up just told all those kids this is family. Like your homies yeah. are family. And he's yeah. probably like, those fucking assholes are like right there. I can't, I gotta I like, I gotta, <clears throat> I gotta, yeah, be, exactly. <clears throat> you know, they can't I gotta be, be bummed pop- out. Yeah. yeah. I gotta be propaganda <laughs> man. You know, I remember when I was in college and I, I was in journalism school and the, one of the head professors, best professors, probably like the most successful person there. He'd been like white house correspondent. He was a CBS uh, senior correspondent for like more than a decade. Uh-huh. He was kind of like the ideal of like, this is what you could do in broadcast journals. You know, sure. This is where you can, where you can achieve. And he was like, yeah, you just like, you can't have a family. Uh, your love life sucks. And <laughs> it was just basically like, hell yeah. <laughs> but like, if you really love it, this is like the best career in you the world. You get to meet Obama. And I was like, I just don't want to do that. That sounds awful. <laughs> like you, it's like, and the pay is shit. You know, so it's like what? So I feel like there's a, at least there's a, but there at least there's an element of honesty. And what Picard is saying is, it's really fucking hard to have a family. You get to be so on a have, planet with a Tamarian, and you get to learn each other's language. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We just had to figure out how his to arms not die wide. Together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Shall we ch- pop, pop into the archives? Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Accessing Starfleet archives. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. So I guess that means Tom is not a changeling. Shit. I really, you know, I thought shooting him would like. Make- okay. Well. Don't point that phaser yeah, at there us. Ha- there's what? like 
Pert, Pert, just oh, put the phaser put the down. Put the phaser I'm away. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just, I just got it. It's fresh out the box. Yeah. So you're it. lucky that we're diverting power from the alarm system because they would have gone off immediately when you shot that phaser. That's true. You're right. We definitely uh, had like training to tell to like there's more than one way to tell if there's a changeling than just shooting someone yeah but i saw i saw somebody else do it and it was awesome i know you ever shot a changeling very cool well, no, no neither I, have you you haven't either this is now true and i feel very <laughs> bad about it should we should we freeze his bot like can we bring him back do you think like maybe he said he was assimilated by the Borg, right? Tom, yeah. Tom was assimilated by the Borg. So we could I probably use like nano machines or something. Unless he was lying. I, yeah, he okay. may have been lying about that. So uh, Computer uh, uh, replicator, uh, six by six foot by three foot uh, cooler uh, full of cold ice. Cold. <laughs> Do you have to okay. specify that the ice is cold? Can well, it just it needs be, to be ice? Well, because there's, you know, there's the ice that has that's very porous and it just melts really quickly, like the stuff you get out of the uh, 20th century ice machines. Uh, oh from, yeah, from yeah, hotels. yeah. It's not too, we want it's the not cold really enough. cold. Uh, yeah, we want yeah. some yeah, slabs. Like the we want solid a slab ice. action. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, okay, true. help me, help me put this here. body in here. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Aren't you three times stronger? Couldn't you've just done it yourself? I don't like to make you feel like you can't be helpful. I mean, that, that just makes our life harder. Okay, right, I, I see the way you two are looking at me. I am definitely three times stronger than all of you. Okay, I am not a changeling. Okay, I, I can right. absolutely here. Give me something to break. I, I will show you how. Put it down, pert, pert. Okay, I'm gonna grab pert, it. I'm gonna grab. Shit, the, I'm, shit. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, and don't break. No, it's so new. It's so expensive. Oh, oh. snapped it in half. What do you mean it's so expensive? Is this a? Is this a? Twenty two hundreds. Phaser? Is this a collector's item? This is Kirk? like what, was like what Kirk item. used to wear. Yes, that was a that was a, a Kirk like straight off the OG Enterprise. I spent so much money on that. You killed Tom with a original <laughs> with Kirk's phaser. Phaser? Yeah, he would be so happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. I know. He. That's kind of why I wanted to do it because I was like, you know, if if it's n- if he's not. A changeling, he would be pretty psyched dying this way. Wait, did he recognize it was Kirk's phaser? Because Tom yeah. would definitely know it was Kirk's phaser, which in which case you would know it was Tom. No changeling would know that it was Kirk's phaser. Oh, dang. I guess maybe you're right because I pointed it right at him and he was like, <gasps> Yeah, he did have that expression. He did have that he expression. Yeah. <laughs> in which case you would have known he wasn't a changeling as soon as he recognized it. Uh, yeah. You yeah. were really juiced about that. Also, you said it cost so much money. Usually, you say latinum. Wait a second. Hey, 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 guys. Guys, come on. I mean, money, latinum, what's the difference, you know? It's kind of all the, the same. Pert, are what you kind of changeling? merch are you selling these days? I am not selling merch. I am buying Shoot him. merch. Shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> He was the changeling. Wait, okay. So <laughs> the changeling was testing Tom to see if he was the changeling. changeling. That's really smart, actually. So where's Pert? Where's the real Pert? 
Oh, there guys, he is. Guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he tied me up. He tied me up. <laughs> I'm like all tied up. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me take these ties. Uh, uh, Are you uh, okay? Thank you. Um, I'm pretty good. He slapped me around pretty good and tied me up. Well, look at what he did to me. Tom. Oh, he sh- killed Tom. What happened to my phaser? Oh. Oh, uh, we were hoping you wouldn't notice that. I thought maybe just saying Tom died. I mean, it meant you are definitely perked because the first thing the, the, that was the thing so you actually expensive. care about is the phaser. Oh you noticed that the phaser was broken and not that you our friend was no killed. You guys have no idea how much Lanham I spent on that. Jesus Christ. We well, you know it's him now because he's It's alive. definitely him. It's, there's no question it's him. Um, uh, by the way, McCall, uh, so if it's none of us, it definitely wasn't Tom, and this one's dead. Could there be another one? Because there's that Bajoran on the bridge who's got the earring on the. I wrong don't think. Side. Yeah, I don't weird. think he's a changeling. I just think he's a member of the Barrath cult. Oh. I was gonna call him out on it, but now on on Bajor, everyone's religion has to be respected or whatever. Um, they did allow. They, they did. They, they did say that in the reform laws. Yeah, but when you worship like literal demons, I feel like mm-hmm. not not okay. They, okay, but to them, you know, the founder, not the founders, the uh, the wormhole aliens are demons. Well, they're it's the problem. a matter of perspective. You they're know? the prophets. But prophets, the that's what they're part of us joining the Federation was we had to, like, we couldn't have an organized religion be, like, guiding our whole government. So, like a theocracy? Yeah, because yeah. that's essentially what we were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got you through the hard times. Yeah, I mean, it gets a lot of people to do the hard time. I mean, and all yeah. your time, like, but also, I didn't know that you were you cared that much about this kind of thing because you seem to normally just be fine with, you know, changing sides. I mean, changeling sides, changeling sides. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see uh, that they they changed the name of Dominion? It used yeah. to be called. Dominion. Yeah. What do they call it again, they McCall? Call it, what do they call it? It's, now it's not the Dominion anymore. It's called the Odo Minion. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. That's that's what it's called. I'm definitely aware of all the changes that they've made. You are okay. D- see, I think maybe McCall's also a changeling. He might part. be a you get changeling. What I'm saying? Yeah. He could be. We a changeling. killed the changeling. It's right there. He's there. Dead on the could ground. be multiple of them. You have another phaser. Yeah, this one's less that expensive. Exactly but it's, this, yeah. it's, this one's a replica. But oh, it's a replica. It's still oh, so it's not expensive. the real one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Should we shoot him? I feel like I think it's only fair to shoot McCall. Shoot me! Why are you going to shoot me? Uh, maybe just shoot him in the arm. Just yeah, shoot him in the arm. See, yeah, if, it see if it falls off. off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I uh, think we just shot his arm. Yeah. Are you okay, McCall? Are you okay? I mean, you shot me in the arm. I'm not okay, but it didn't fall off. So you sound pretty okay. Uh, yeah, you sound great, actually. Well. Here we okay. Are. Um, <clears throat> uh, there goes another contraction. You think they figured out what that is yet? By the way, no, I don't I think don't so. Everyone's just huddled up in the holodeck, and they're they took I'm our actually, idea. You know, this is I'm actually what we pretty like pissed. To, I'm actually pretty pissed about that because I wanted to go to the holodeck earlier to yeah. go to like, um, like the beach. A bungalow yep. area, yeah, our yeah. Beach and bungalow. it's stuck on stupid Picard's bar in L.A. So he's not even in there currently. Yeah. He left. He locked. He it left, but to that. But bar. a bunch of officers 
bunch of like ensigns and stuff went in there to hang out. Yeah, and they're hanging out. I was like, hey, why don't we switch it to the beach bungalow? And they were like, no, Admiral Picard was in here. He might come back if we leave it on his setting. And I was like, he's he's not going to come back. He hangs out here in L.A. all the time. I I tried to make the most of it, too. I was like, does anybody want to play a game of Calto? And like nobody even it acted like I didn't even say anything. Wait a second. You like to play Calto? Yeah, I love playing Calto. You know this about me, right, McCall? The changeling also liked to play Calto. What? I mean, that was just another ensign that he took the form of. You know, the. Are you oh. a changeling? <sighs> okay, all right, phaser me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> It'll well, take three of you. It takes three phasers. Three to- shots. Okay, yeah. two yeah. more yeah. shots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. The holodeck scene. So it's like basically, we're not going to count the flashbacks to the t- to ten forward, no, no, even though he's real. having a flashback on ten forward. It doesn't count. <laughs> no, because he was actually in ten forward in in yeah. the, on Earth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but there's quite a bit that happens in a holodeck. Picard tells a story about the shuttle. Basically, they reveal what they're going to do in the finale of the episode just by like shutting off all power and just very, like, basically very slowly get out of the bad situation and Shaw, themselves. Shaw gives his kick ass Wolfie 5 9 speech. That is pretty great. Which I loved. I That's love how great. overly dramatic it is. With it's really the, the sounds of the people screaming. And I really. Watching it, I felt I love him as an actor. This one monologue, though, I've been watching a lot of students give monologues at my job and editing a lot of student scenes. And for some reason, this monologue really felt like a, oh, man, I'm feeling it. You know, like it's I'm very really accurate. having He's a, been waiting. emotion, you know? <laughs> it's very actory. Uh, but I, it rips. I think it's great. Samuel and I were watching it together. I say that he was playing Baldur's Gate while I was watching it. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, Shaw hates hates Picard for the same reasons that Cisco hates Picard. Right. And because of the people he all who all died in Wolf 359. I was like, but Cisco's hatred feels like realer than Shaw's hatred. Um and Shaw's is like very like why why was I saved and no one else was saved? It was very much like that. And so mm-hmm. different skill. form of trauma. You know, you can yeah, you, no. you can have feelings for different reasons. It was just it was like he was waiting to give that speech in front of Card. Yeah, he has said that speech a thousand times in his head. In the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He probably has imagined how he was going to say it yeah. when mm-hmm. he's going to meet Picard. And he didn't a few episodes ago, but now he's like, fuck it. I'll do it now. We only have a few hours left. In front of his son. In front of his son and his entire crew. Not a great move. Yeah. I do like that he calls himself some dipshit from Chicago. I think that's really great. That is a good one. Did Picard say fuck in this episode? He said fuck. Yeah, he said fucking. When did he say that? Uh, I don't remember the context. context. He's like, it's, yeah, it's fuck. He's like, it's fucking crazy or something. (laughs) He's on he's on the the deck, the bridge, and he's just like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
Um, yeah, they have some uh, good emotional conversations. Uh, their chemistry is pretty good. Uh, his Picard and his son, I feel like they vibe pretty I think, good. A thing that bothers, I agree with you. I think that a thing, a thing that shouldn't bother me is when Jack is like, I'll take uh, like whiskey, like prefer- preferably cheap and on the rocks. Like one, why would you prefer Fuck bad you. whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> and also like, especially in a post scarcity society, it's like, no, I'll have, I'll just have the best. I'll just have the I'll best. Give me some good. Also, because- they were drinking Jameson. It's not bad whiskey. Jameson's fine whiskey. It's party whiskey. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not trash. It's just like, whatever. It's yeah, it's fine. It that felt like a real, a real kind of douchey character move from him. Of like, I'm actually an everyman. Uh, yeah. I'll have the shittiest whiskey that you have. Thank you. It, but it does fit. I agree with you because yeah. I, that came off to me as like very tryhardy. And then I remembered when I was 23 years old yep. and how much of <laughs> you know, like you put on aff- affectations. Like of course. I am a cool guy, or yeah. I am like this is my identity. Is I like cheap whiskey. I'm not much of a wine guy. Yeah, you know, I feel like that Jack's still in that phase of his life, especially to contrast with his father. It's like, very high class. I love yeah. that. I love that he's like, you're what, 23? And Jack's like, yeah, I'm 23. And Ed's Belier's is 35. I, yeah, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> like the, he, like he's clearly a very well eight. Like he, he looks great sure, for a he's thirty-five a twink, year old like guy. We get it, yeah. Uh, but he's uh, he could pass as twenty-eight, maybe twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Yeah, but twenty-three yeah. is twenty-three. He's very, supposed to be twenty-three uh, in this. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Like, but we do remember, like Starfleet, everybody ages sure. uh, very well. <laughs> I get. Yeah. Oh my god. I saw I saw a video. Um, this is a little off topic, but it has to do with this. I saw a video of somebody was going around in 2003 videoing high school seniors, yeah. and it, this was on Instagram or something. But somebody was like, "Why do they all look so old?" And part of it was like, "Well, uh, compared to 20 years ago, as to now, is we aged differently back then. Like we like the way that the preservatives in our food and all sorts of stuff it's like we Whoa. even 20 years ago we were aging more back then than they are than kids are now kids are aging slower than they are really like, puberty hits I, I a little later opposite. i thought gen z was aging faster than millennials oh. now mentally. gen z gen z uh, uses more makeup and does more things because they're perpetually more online. So they they do more stuff like that. But no, like mentally, yes. But even like puberty is hitting a little later and stuff. It's crazy. Really? There's literally an article in the New York Times where why does Gen Z believe it's aging like milk? Slow? What is aging like milk? Fast? Fast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. <clears throat> I always thought it was the like kind of the style stuff because like kids would dress like adults because that's it, up until a certain point in history where p- people were like, uh, we're wearing sweats to school and we're just going to, you know, dress, wear whatever the fuck we want. Everyone would wear these kind of, you know, adultish things. So they would try to look more like adults the younger that they were. So that's kind of why I assumed, oh, everyone always looked older. In like back in the day, because things were, but I could be, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm my 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 read on this because I I remember feeling the same thing when I've seen videos of like early '90s or '80s people in high school. It's yeah. like they, they look old because they're wearing what our parents wear. That's like, what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, like when I wear clothes now, I still kind of dress the way that I did ten years ago. Unfortunately, you know, like I, so I I get it. Like you just get stuck into what your perception of what you wear sure. as an adult is. Yeah. And so when people see that type of clothes, they're like. That's old people clothes. So yeah. they look at these. What did I wear in high school? Jeans, t-shirt, and a hoodie. What do I wear now? Jeans, t-shirt, and, t-shirt and, a hoodie. and a hoodie. I saw a guy that lives in my apartment complex. He, I think he was in his 50s, probably. Walk out. He looked fresh, clean, but he was wearing a red polo, white shorts, and like Converse, like white Converse. He was ready for the UGA game. Well, I was kind of just like, I had that feeling of like, oh, this guy grew up in the 80s. This is what he feels most comfortable in. Very, uh, the polo, white shorts, Converse. And then it dawned on me, uh, that's going to happen to me very, very soon. I'm just going to keep wearing the things from my generation that I feel comfortable in. And then what's really rough too, like you can't counter it. You can't like, outthink that no because if you try then you look like an old person who's trying to dress like a young person and that looks even worse you got to lean into the kookiness you got to go the other way you can't you can't follow the kids you gotta no 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 no. you gotta no no they do this this thing that's like power clashing or like over dressing or something like that and they put all this random weird shit together and it looks you can find it on tiktok and they're like over clashing i can't i'll have to find it later but it's it's this style and it's like you put on a tank top and then you put a shirt over the tank top and then you put another tank top over the shirt over the tank top and then you put three bows in your hair and then you it's like you look at it and you're like, you got, you threw the, yourself into the dryer with your clothes and then turned it on. But that's like what they wear and that's normal. And, and I once was with some of my students and I showed them a picture and I was like, is this stylish? And they were like, yeah, that looks great. And I was like, I do not understand at all. Power but clashing. I don't remember what it's called. I, I could have made that up, but. Well, it is a fashion trend, whatever it is. Power, whatever power clashing is, it is a fashion trend. So you might be right. Uh, so it sounds like they just like to wear fun stuff. Sure, just kind of loud, fun stuff. I mean, I think they're the first generation that doesn't have sort of like an uh, a prescribed aesthetic for the entire pop. Like the aesthetic is hyper niche, like whatever your niche is, and there's just like sort of a general rule of the form is no longer as important as it used to be. Like your literal body shape is not sure. as important as yeah. it was. Cause like they're more in a digital space anyway. Right. You see uh, so that's why their stuff is much baggier and looser. And, uh, like millennials, we were all about like, let's get as fit as possible. And, uh, you know, like be, take care of ourselves. Cause we saw our parents not take care of themselves. Right. And yeah. Uh, so 
that's why like skinny jeans and and <clears throat> and form fitting clothes is very millennial coded versus Gen Z. It's like I found the baggiest, shittiest vintage shirt I could find for this niche thing that I've decided I'm into for this month. So oh my that's gosh. what's good for them. They're also idolizing the nineties and the early two thousands. Yeah, which it's are also all cyclical. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's what happens. It's okay. Just be I, I've just accepted I'm an old man yelling at clouds. Yeah. I mean, we all we all end up there. Might as well enjoy it, you know. We should rate this episode. By the way, we should just rate. We should. We got into we our post rating we, we, section yes, oh, we yeah, early. before we even rated the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, all right. So dialogue. Dialogue is pretty good. It's probably I like the, the over top stuff. Yeah, it's probably the strongest of all the categories. Is the dialogue? Yeah, I, I would agree. I'll give it a five. Even if it's overwritten, it's lovelessly, lovingly overwritten. Yeah, I'll I say agree. Five. Fiver. That's a big Quinteros baby. Quinteros, uh, romance. There's like sort of the love of like maybe it's just forming a bond, but it's it's not there uh, completely yet. Uh, Jean Luc is talking very uh, romantically about his past. Uh, there's yeah, that's like true. A, a romanticized yeah. element of his past. I think for sure. Uh, so I, I think, would I would say a four. I think what's his name is romanticizing um, duty in his speech about uh, how Picard sucks ass a little bit. Yeah, Shaw. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I give it a like a th- three. Three. Yeah. Uh, I will give it a two. That was my initial instinct, but I think you guys' points are really valid. Uh, we also should, we didn't do a guest star shout out. Technically, Todd Stashwick is a guest star on uh, Picard season three, but he's he plays Captain Shaw and he, he's very good. Also, guest star shout out. Uh, one of the guys on the bridge is in Beef and he's incredible in Beef. I don't know if you, any of you have watched Is he it. the Bajoran yeah. or is he? I think he's the Bajoran uh, who's like on left on the bridge. He's like on the left side of the bridge if you're sitting in the captain's it- chair. Gotcha. Yep. Yes. To the right of, or to the left of Sydney LaForge. Yeah. He plays gotcha. what's her name's boyfriend, I think, in Beef, and he's incredible. Oh, he he plays a uh, Ali um, Wong's bo- Ali Wong's boyfriend. I think he looks really? exactly like that guy. Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna look it up. Look it up. Let's keep rating stuff. Action. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of action. There's basically zero action in the holodeck. Yep. Yeah. It's where they go for there not to be action, mm-hmm. basically. I will give it's it a zero. It's a zero. A zero for me as well. Suspense. I feel like you know this. Uh, like the first time I watched this, I remember wondering what Shaw was going to say. And then you pretty quickly catch on. It's Wolf 359. But there's a little bit. I like that tension of, of, of that. Like what? Oh, here it comes. This is the scene where we find out yeah. his reason. I agree. Yeah. I'm it gonna, is the guy from Beef, by the way. It is, yeah. George, yeah. Uh, no, not George. His Joseph name Lee. is Joseph Lee, and he plays Lieutenant Mura. That's, yeah. Um, What was this, Suspense? Mm-hmm. I would say a one. That's what I was going to go with, a one. I'll give it a three. Camp. 
I mean, that whole Wolf 359 sequence is that, very camp. It's very camp, yeah. yeah. In a, the agree. most perfect way, because I would be like, I kind of want to have the screams of the ship and the explosions. <laughs> yeah. I want to yes. hear that shit. That's great. I love that. <laughs> I love sure. that we don't flash back to it. You're literally imagining it. It's, it's very Jonathan Frakes. Very uh, Frakes. I mean, let's give a shout out to the editor and sound designer there, too. Of course. Yeah. But it's very Frakes to be like, I want to hear it. I want to hear the the action in the background. Like, yeah. What 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 other uh, times has he done that? No, just like the goofiness of it. Oh, okay. It's yeah. He is goofy. I, d- I didn't think like an example of him doing that kind of thing in the past. Oh no, I, like I understand now. His yeah, style, yeah. yeah. I think his style is very much compared, especially to the other directors on a lot of new Trek, it is a little less cutty maybe because of his background in that he did start directing on TV when it was the, like the next generation deep space nine Voyager style where it's like, you don't have, you can't do a ton of coverage. Sure. Let's how much, how much of this story can we say in this shot? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, More so. I mean, this is still pretty cutty for, uh, (laughs) I, I feel like, I feel like, a lot of new Trek is very cutty, but this one's a little less cutty. Stakes, I give it a five for for camp. Uh, yeah. Can uh, I give it a number? I'm gonna give it a four. I'm sorry. You're gonna give it a four. Yeah. Not even for uh uh the cheapest whiskey you have. It's oh, not- <laughs> you son of a bitch. Four point five. Four point five. Yep. Mark, I say four. Four. Okay. Uh, stakes. I mean, everybody's going to die, but it's not because <laughs> it's of not the because of the holodeck. Yeah, I mean, uh, going to die. Emotional stakes are big, though. His like relationship with bonding his son. for his son for the first time with his son for the first time. True. Shaw Shaw's mental health is kind of on the line. Pretty big. Um, Even Picard's the- like. Facing the fact that, yeah, he was Locutus for the 15,000 billionth time. Like, yep, that's <laughs> that's me. That's, uh, me. that's my cue. I'll, uh, you guys have a great one. <laughs> I feel I'm like out. this is a break. This Thanks is a breakthrough so for Shaw because he has. It's very cathartic for him, and then he goes on to do really great things. Like he feels yeah. like he's finally facing some of his demons, and then he goes on to essentially save the ship. I mean, I know it's yeah. not his plan, but he without him, they wouldn't have been able to do it. So. Yeah, I think the stakes for Shaw are pretty high as well. Yeah, he like has said, to let go of that burden. He's yeah. been practicing this in front of the mirror for years. Uh, Wolf three five nine is like twenty five years before this episode. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I, I I think it's actually really high stakes for that reason. Just because it's not happening, not because of the holodeck. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to go with the two five. Two five. I'll say three five. Three five. Uh, delete that category. Computer. What's our final score? Calculating. Three point zero four. Another high up one. That's right <laughs> below on voice. Right in the yeah. It's a little lower than last week's, but yeah. I mean, considering how it's just a bar scene, really, at its core. That's pretty high. It's pretty high. 
Oh. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our crazy, long, generational <laughs> conversation about fashion. Um, Maybe we can cut that out. I don't know. Can I read something to you guys that ha- has to do with another Star franchise, Star Wars? Okay. Uh, this is a, a George Lucas, a small little George Lucas uh, tidbit that I thought you guys might get a, a kick out of. Um. This is from an article. A similar situation arose with Star Wars, the Force Unleashed protagonist, Starkiller. That name was only supposed to be a nickname or a call sign, not a proper name from the beginning, a former LucasArts employee says. The development team hoped that George Lucas would give Vader's apprentice a Darth moniker, which at the time was something that didn't happen often. The team threw a Hail Mary to George saying the game would have more credibility if the apprentice had a Darth title, a Force Unleashed team member says. Lucas agreed with that with this and said that the situation made sense for Sith royalty and offered up two Darth titles for the team to choose from. He threw out Darth Icky and Darth Insanus. <laughs> There was a pregnant pause in the room after that. People waiting for George to say, just kidding, but it never comes. (laughs) And he just moves on to another point. (laughs) That very much feels to me like a lot of people will read that as George Lucas is insane and he really thinks those are good names. He's doing a bit. I think he's doing a he's bit. Darth I, think he's, I think he's saying also like I just don't want it to be a Darth, so I'm going <laughs> to give you. it the stupidest <laughs> names possible, stupid names. and you're going to decide not to make it a Darth, right? I that's that's what I'm getting from this. It's his power move of being like, yeah, it can be one of these two things. It could be a Darth Insanus or Insanus, <laughs> yeah, Darth Gloopy or Darth Boobies. Yeah, like those are your boobies. choices. Yeah, you all right, Darth Boobies. Darth? <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> Fine, I'll be Darth Boobies. <laughs> Darth Insanus. Oh god. Darth Icky. God. Darth. Icky. <laughs> Thank you for uh, indulging me in that short no, little story. It's a very Lucas-y. <laughs> I, love, I love Lucas stories. Uh, great. <clears throat> Folks, right. thanks for listening to us Trek to the Holodeck. I, I don't have an episode for next week. Me neither. Uh, well, let's, we'll think of something. Think of something. We got plenty Maybe, of Voyagers. Could be Voyager Month. We could oh, be Voyager. God. Well, I mean, we still have uh, episode. This was it recommended to us, by the way, I believe by A-Subs. A-Subs recommended this one, yeah. Yep. So we did, thank you, Asubs, for that. We did one from Sean. We did one from Lodare. What if we did the Rick and Morty episode? I think it's season six, episode three. Rick I'm and sorry, Morty. what? Rick and Morty episode? Yeah, you know it's Rick and Morty, right? Yes. Do they do a Star uh, Trek episode? They do a holodeck, holodeck style episode. Oh, fun. It's called Bethic Twinstinct. Uh, season three episode excuse me season six episode three and that was recommended to us by don Kant on discord how about yeah. we do that let's do it cool. that sounds great something different great something different folks our intro and outro music was provided by the artist Bodyline. we've used it with the permission of the midwest collective the computer voice was provided by verona blue if you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. Uh, you can't like this. I, I, sorry. Uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, go you check out like our it. Dis- you can You can? Okay, great. You can Depending like it. You can, you can rate it. You can rate it. 
Um, check out our Discord channel. We got a lot of fun stuff. That's where the recommendation for this episode came from. So if you want to recommend an episode, hop into our Discord. Give us a recommendation. We would love it. We belong to a really great podcast network called Indiesaurus. You're listening to an Indiesaurus production. Check out some of their other uh, really cool podcasts. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have no affiliation with Paramount, Viacom, CBS, the um, families who might may currently or in the future own. I think the Ellisons are in the running for buying Paramount. Uh, just like listen, we're just fr- we're just fans. Okay, we're just fans. we're just fans. We're just fans who love talking <sighs> about Star Trek. So we get sure off the do. Backs. Did y'all see Zaslav is killing this? Acme yes. versus uh, Wiley Coyote thing. Yes, I did. Uh, like a movie? It's a movie. Yes. He's deleting it essentially. Oh, like he did with Batgirl. Yeah, people are yep. saying if you delete the movie for the tax write-off, or if you get rid of a movie for tax write-off, it should just go into the public domain. You're getting tax write-offs. That's for true. It. We should, yeah. You're the getting government should just own it. You're yeah. getting government money for it. Then the public should own it. Give it to yeah. to PBS and let PBS post it. You're like, there's no reason it. why it should just be deleted. So you're basically secure. selling it to the public. I like. Right, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I think that's a good I like idea. That idea. I it's think kind it's of like how idea. when GM got bailed out, the government had ownership of GM. Yeah, didn't they? like in a stake yeah. in GM at that yeah. point. Am I am I wrong about that? I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure that's what happened in 2008, right? 2008, 2009. I think so. I don't know. But yeah. even so, it's just like, why not? Why are you just getting rid of these people's work? This is like, and the difference between this one and Batgirl is when they did screenings for Batgirl, the audiences didn't really like Batgirl. When they did screenings for this movie, people loved it. People thought it was so funny. It was like a callback to the old cartoons, yeah. like to the to the old Looney Tunes that people love so much. And so, and the executives, including Zaslav, skipped it skipped the the screening so they didn't even see it and they're just deleting it and so people are so pissed at this well i'm sure um, it was based more on like the numbers their the marketing line, company was like hey it would take cost this much money to get mm-hmm. this many people to see it other yep. studios also made offers to buy it yeah, and he just said no and he because... and he was like if they're not offering 70 to 80 million no and so yeah. Netflix offered to buy it. Paramount offered to buy it. Sure. And he's just like, no, fuck you. No, no, no. He's yeah, just going to delete it. I understand because again, it's, I'm not defending him. I think he's a real piece of shit. Uh, and I think his moves are very anti-artist, but again, from a pure number standpoint, I'm sure for him, he would have taken a deal if it was better for him than yeah. to just get a tax write off, which yeah. sucks. People generally agree that he is of all of the Hollywood CEOs. He is one of the worst that has ever uh, come into into Hollywood because he's not really a Hollywood CEO. He's an outsider CEO that's come into he's Hollywood. Fucking tech bros, these pieces yep. of shit. He's been doing it for thirty years practically. So yeah, yeah. he started with Discovery. And <sighs> anyway, fuck, we hate him. Fuck, fuck, uh, fuck Dave Zaslav as well. Yep. All right. So, computer and program. spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite. And for a while, I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All holo simulations have been terminated. 